Good morning again. I, uh, I am, uh, excited to be here. I'm a little behind a little bit. I was, uh, thinking about the, the graduates who are graduating today, and, uh, you know, um, I gave Morgan a gift last week at her house at her graduation party, but for the graduates who are here today, I threw a card in there for you. Um, actually, I, I threw an envelope in there. I don't do cards. I just think they're a waste of money. You know, it's like 2 or $3 for a card, and it's like, man, I could have just given them 2 or $3 more or something. So in there, you'll just see like a Mezcal gift card or something. That's for me. So just so you guys know, there's... Huh, that's all it is. Okay, yep, that's for me. So no thank you card required in that. So I, I, I like things nice and simple and easy. Um, today we're going to continue in our, in, our, in our series, which we've been preaching through the book of Galatians. And I'm going to start with the story about my son, Ian, who when I asked him if I could share this story, he told me no. And then he said, okay, fine, kind of, whatever. And basically I think he knew I was going to share it either way. But... But see, when, when we had moved to Seattle, we moved to Seattle uh, in the middle of a school year, and, and Ian goes to school, and he's there, and, and he's making friends, and, and, and one day he was outside, and he was playing with another kid in the park, or in the playground area, and while Ian and this other kid were playing, another kid runs up to my son's friend, pushes him down, and hits him. And my son Ian says to the kid, stop it, that's not nice. So the kid turns around, and he hits my son. So, next day, Ian goes back to school, and this kid walks up to my son, Ian, and he hits him again. And the teacher comes up to me that day when I pick the kids up from school, and I say, hey, how's it going? And the teacher kind of says to me in a very nice way, just says, hey, you know, uh, there's a kid who's kind of like, he hit your son yesterday and told me the story, and then he hit him again today, and and the school doesn't really do too much about it, so you might want to go say something to the principal or something. And I am the type of father, I know my kids mess up, but when she told me that he hit my kid, like, I was livid. I was so mad. So I storm into the principal's office. He wasn't there, so I, t I go home, and I sit down with Ian and my wife, and I tell my wife what, hap what, ha what happens, and then I look at my son, Ian, and I said, Ian, when you go to school tomorrow, if he hits you, you punch him in the face. And then I look over at my wife, and she gives me one of those looks like, what? I think, I think you need to calm down and talk about this a little bit. And, and, and so, and I just look at my wife and say, Jenny, and I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, and I said, Jenny, this is how you handle things. If you don't, this kid's going to punch you every day for the rest of your life. And Jenny's like, oh, you know, you're a pastor, you know. And, and, and so anyways, so I, I love my wife. She's a wonderful mother. She's a wonderful wife. And, and we're a team, and, and, and we do this together. We raise our kids together. So we both want what's best for them, and and. We surely don't want our kids to get hurt. So we sat down with Ian and we talked with him. But hold on, let me say something. Not just, as a parent, you don't want your kids to get picked on. 
You don't want somebody to hurt your child. You don't want your kid to teach them the wrong things. And that's all important to Jay and I. It's important that we raise them right. I mean, we want them to be Chicago Cubs fans and Chicago Bears fans. That part isn't as, as important to my wife as it is me. But, but you know, we, we, we want to care for our kids. And, and most important, we want them to know who Jesus Christ is. And we want them to know that Jesus died for their sins and forgives them. You know, I have a ministry to, to Emmaus Road. And I have a ministry to my family. And, and, and my wife and I partner in that ministry. So we sat down and we talked about this. And, and, and I had to go back to my son, Ian, and tell him, you know, Ian, I might have... I might have Maybe I was wrong. <laughs> and it might have sounded something like, hey, Ian, I was wrong. That's not what we do. You know what you should do is tell the kid that you don't appreciate getting punched in the face. Then tell the kid that you'd like to be his friend. And, and, but then always go back and tell a teacher later on. Like, like you know, just, just try and talk to the kid, you know. And, and part of me thinks that stuff never works. My son, Ian, becomes good friends with this kid who's punching people. They develop a friendship. He comes to my son's birthday party. And then a day came when, when the kid moved and, and Ian was sad. He was crying. You know, like, oh, my friend's moving. And I just remember going back and thinking through that. And if it wasn't for the, the, the nice, gentle rebuke that my wife gave me that day, you know, who knows what would have happened? But my point in this was that I needed it. I needed, I needed to be tell, told, hey, Brandon, you're, no, you're, you're, you're wrong right now, man. You can't tell our kid to go punch somebody in the face. And, and I was wrong. So, you know, um, say what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at when, when two people who are doing ministry together, they, they have this, they're doing life together, and, and they have this issue, and one confronts the other one, and it's on something so important. And, and so... I want us to look at this passage and, and see what God might be saying to us um, through Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 21. But in saying that, let's, let's close our eyes, let's pray, um, and then we'll, we'll jump into this text. Okay, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your gift of life that you give to us, Lord. Lord, we, we need your forgiveness. It is, it is what you came here it's what you came into this world to give to us. And in this passage we're going to be looking at, Lord, we're going to see how somebody was, 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 was changing that message. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to remember it, that that's what we cling to. So may your Holy Spirit have its way in our hearts and our minds and our souls. And we give you thanks for all things. In your name we pray. Amen. Galatians chapter 2, um, starting with verse 11, and I'm just going to move out of the way, and I'm going to read it up there as, as we go here. So, um, and, and it says, when, when, when Cyprus, which is also Peter, so I'm just going to read that as Peter, okay? So, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the, to the circum, circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in hypocrisy so that they, by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas, Barnabas was, was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth 
of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of all of them, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if, in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is the righteousness, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. This is a, this is a pretty great text. Um, and, I, and I like it because there's one thing that matters in all of life, and yet somehow, and, and out of that, other things flow that are good. So, but, but in this thing, for the church, it is what Jesus Christ has done for us. And we're going to get through that as we go through this passage. But we have two people here, and one of them starts to, to not share that message the way they're supposed to. And the other one comes back and says, hey, you need to come back, and you need to get this right. And, and last week when, when Pastor Paul preached through the first part of, of Galatians chapter 2, we saw how these people, um, Paul and Barnabas and Titus and James and John and Peter, they kind of came together and they realized that they were all called to preach the gospel. They were all called to go out and share Jesus Christ. But some of them felt like this. Some of them said, you know what? I feel like God is calling me to go and speak to the Jews. So at this time... The Jews were the people who, who lived by and followed the Old Testament. You know, when we look at the, our, our Bibles, we have an Old Testament and New Testament. The Jews were the ones who, would, who, who, who looked at and followed the practices of the law. And not just did they do that, they also looked at the Old Testament, and in it they looked at the promises and the prophecies that were made, and they looked forward to a coming Messiah, okay? And what... Peter says in this text is that, and it tells us this, that Peter was going to be the one who was going to go and speak the message of Jesus Christ to the Jews, those who grew up in, in a sense, church. He said, I'm going to be the one who goes and speaks to those who have been waiting for and looking forward to this promised Jesus Christ. And on the other side of it, you have the Apostle Paul who, who grew up in the church. And he didn't just grow up in the church. The Apostle Paul grew up in the church, and he would be the one that walked around here, and we would all be like, oh, that's, that's a good kid. He follows all the rules. He follows all the laws. He does everything right. And, and, and all the other kids look at him and be like, man, I want to beat you up because my mom and dad always say to me, why can't you be more like Paul, right? So that's who Paul is. And Paul says, I'm going to go and I'm going to take the gospel to those who never grew up in the church. I'm going to take the gospel to those who didn't grow up in the synagogues, those who didn't hear the message of, 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 of the coming Messiah, those who don't know the law. And they have some terms for these people, like, and they're really endearing, they're really nice terms, like uh, sinners, 
Yeah, you go, yeah, I'm going to take the gospel to the sinners. You know, I'm going to take the gospel to the uncircumcised. I'm going to take the, the, the gospel to the ones who, who don't, the lawbreakers, those who don't know the law. And, and, and that's who Paul goes to. So you have these two different groups when we look at this, this passage. You have Peter who's going to the synagogues and, and, and telling about, about the, the Messiah coming and the fulfillment of the promises. And then you have Paul who's going to go and speak to those who haven't heard of Jesus Christ ever in their life. And, what, and, and this kind of brings us to our text because what happens when we see here is this. These two guys, you have the, the two went to different groups, right? And it says, I, Paul, went up to, uh, to Peter, and I opposed him to his face because he was in the wrong. And I want you to see that, and, and we think when we see this too, we think, oh, man, he opposed him to his face. He walked up to him. Well, they didn't have cell phones to text the little emojis with the little red cheeks that show that you're angry back then. Because if they did, there might have been a text message of an angry emoji and then a text message back of a question mark and then a, and then a text message back of a you know what you did and, and, then, and then another question mark. And then it would have been like, and then one of the things that he did wrong was, was he ate with people who were, or he wasn't eating with people who knew the law, so he was eating with people who didn't wash their hands properly for the right amount of time. And he was eating with people who, who wouldn't eat certain animals. So, so he, would, he probably would text him a picture of like, I don't even know, it would have been a couple different animals that like ate. And he'd be like, oh, I know you're talking about now. I ate with these people and you don't like it. But thankfully, we don't have that. Thankfully, what we see in this text is we see that Paul walks up to Peter and he says, I, I opposed him to his face. And when you go back and you look at what it says in, in, in verse 11, there's a, there's a serious reason for why he goes and opposes them to his face. And I'm going to read it to you one more time, okay? When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, comma, because he stood condemned. Because he stood condemned. And, 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 and there's something about this. You know, it, it's funny that we have friends, we have family, we have loved ones who we will hang out with, and they will say something that, that has nothing correct in it about it when it comes to Jesus Christ. And we won't speak up because we're shy. We won't speak up because we're scared. We won't speak up and speak about, the, about who Jesus Christ is because we don't want to go through that, that uncomfortable situation. But see, what happens, what we see here is Paul says, I saw Peter, and I loved Peter, so I confronted Peter to his face because he stood condemned. It, it, it was too much for Paul to just let this go. And it wasn't just because of that, but it was also because he was leading other people astray. And here's what it was. Peter believed in Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He, he heard the message of salvation through Christ, and, and he believed that. And, 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 but Peter, as I was talked about, he went and started to preach the gospel to the people who were, who were in the synagogues. And what they started to do is this, and it makes a little bit of sense. So it's not like they were like totally messed up, but, but here's what they did. He said, hey, 
You know how we've been reading about in Torah and in the prophets about this guy who's going to come, this Messiah, his name is Jesus. And they're like, yeah. And they'd be like, they would hear this message about Jesus and they would come to a faith. And then they would be like, yeah, but we still need to do this and this and this. We still need to be circumcised. We still need to be good people. We still need to, you know, and, and, and you can put anything in there you want. You can put in there, like, hey, because we do this as a church. I mean, hopefully we don't do this here. We preach against it. But, but, but it's like, hey, what, what do you do to be saved by, 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 how do you find favor in God's eyes? Well, you believe in Jesus, and then we always do something like this, and you go to church. Or, or you, be, you, you believe in Jesus, and, 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 and you love other people. You know, you, you, you believe in Jesus, and there's always, and you would be baptized, and, and you go to confirmation, and you be circumcised, and, and, and you be a good husband, and, and you do all these things, and we tack on all these, these one ands to the message of Jesus Christ. And see, when we look at that just in that manner, it's almost like, well, that stuff's not bad. I mean, is it bad to be a good husband? Is it bad to love your neighbor? Is it, is it, is it bad to follow God's rules? No, none of those are bad. None of them. But listen, it becomes wrong when it becomes part of what we do to earn our salvation. When, when we're trying to, to become right in the image or in the eyes of God, you know, this is part of, of, of my testimony that, and I, I've shared this before with you guys many a times, but I was actually in the gym yesterday and I was working out and I was talking to somebody and, and I just told him, like, I, I never heard about, I never heard of Jesus until like my sophomore year of high school. Like that name Jesus was like the Mexican dude who lived down the street from me and the Mexican dude that was in my gym class. And the, I, I only knew Jesus and Jesus as, as the guys who lived in my neighborhood. And you, I remember just hearing about this, and, and, and this guy walked up to me one day, and he says to me, hey, you know, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? And I said, heaven. And he said, well, why? I said, think about that. How would you answer that? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? Think it in your, answer in your head. Now I'm going to say, but why? What have you done? And this is what this guy did to me. He set me up to beat me down. He literally did. So, so I walked right into his trap. I, I, I said, well, why would I go to heaven? I'm a good person. And in my head, I had like these, these images of, of stuff that I had done wrong that I'm not going to tell you about. But like, like little splatters of, 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 of like paintballs, but instead of like pictures right in front of my face and like my sin was, was, was confronting me. And I said to the guy, but I'm a good person. And he says to me, just like this, your best is a dirty rag to God. And right then I thought, I'm going to beat this guy up. No, it, and I meant it. I don't know what inside me stopped me. Because, I mean, that's how I grew up. I mean, go back to the original story. Punch him in the face. That was my thought. So I said to the guy, like, well, what makes you so great? And he says to me, nothing. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. And 
big boy Brandon, calm down for a second. And I let him talk. And the guy started telling me about how we have a father in heaven who loves us. How he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to, to, to die for our sins. And he, he went to the cross, and that was my payment for my sins. And he takes my sins and pays for them, and I get to receive his righteousness. And as this guy is talking, I sat there and said, I want that. I want that. You know, like, I want everything that you're talking about right now. I, I, want, I want the get-out-of-jail-free card. And the thing about it is, well, it's, it might be free to me, but it wasn't free to Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ pays for my sins. And, and, and so I tell the guy that I want this, and, 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 and that's the message of the cross. So when he said to me, it's, when I said, what makes you so great? He says, nothing. That's the message. It, the message is not about me. You know, as, I got, as the graduates get ready to, to leave um, or graduate from high school, you know, think about this. You're, you're about to go into workplaces full-time and college, and life's going to become harder. When you're in high school, man, you think, oh, man, I got it so tough. I live in my mom and dad's house, and they, they help me get a car, and they pay for my car insurance, and they help me pay for my cell phone, and I get gas money, and if I want money for food, I probably get that from my mom, and I don't pay, I don't pay rent, and you guys think you have it hard now. Just come find me in like 45 years, man, when you have to have a full-time job and then a second one probably, and who, come, like I said, come find me. But... But you know, as you graduate, I want you to hear something from me. Take this with you. Do not let go of it. Because you need this for your whole life. Not just today, but you need this for tomorrow. You need this when you get married. You need this for, for when you have kids. And that is this. Jesus is all that you need. He has done it all. He has done it all. We look at verse 15 and 16 and it says, we who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles. See, there goes to that nice pretty terms they have for people who didn't grow up in the church or in the synagogues. Those sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ. You know, they believe that if you perfected the law, that you were good. But when you think about the perfection of the law, who can do it? I mean, I want you to think about everything that goes into that, the, 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 the perfecting of the law. Do you, and I mean this for me, I'm, I'm a pastor, okay? You know, that means like almost nothing, really. I mean, I went to three years of extra schooling, so, so and when I'm at school, I, I learn more about the scriptures, and I, I learn more about the law, and I, I learn everything that's entailed in it. So, like, I, I know some stuff about the Bible, but here's what I know about myself. If there's one thing I can't do is I can't go a day without sinning. I can't. I daily sin. I daily mess up. I daily fail. I mean, 
I've been around your kids and cussed. You've been around your kids and cussed too. And I've had to turn around and say, hey, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, you know, or it slipped out, you know. I, you know but I just, I make mistakes. And, 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 and you know, when we look at the stuff that, that, that we do, and it's like, okay, today I'm not going to covet, you know, and then I covet, and then I, today I'm not going to lust, and then I lust, and then today I'm not going to use God's name in vain, and I do, and today is the Sabbath, and I'm, I'm or I take my Sabbath day, but today's my Sabbath day, and I'm, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to work today, and then I do, and why do I do it? Because I want something more, you know, I want to make some extra money or something, so I work more because I covet stuff, and I'm telling you, the endless cycle of my sin never stops. who we are. It's what we do. There's no possible way for me to be justified by a righteous life because I'm not a righteous person. Do you know what I mean? Or am I the only sinner here? You know, it's, it's, and the part is the reason why, like, when I meet new people, like, like, I just want to meet them for who they are. I don't want to meet their best version. See, sometimes you guys meet me and you're at my house and, and, and maybe my wife and I just like, like worked work super hard for three hours to make our house look clean so that when you came over, we looked like, hey, we're those type of people, okay? And, and, and for the same reason, like, I'll meet somebody. I don't tell them I'm a pastor. And if I ever hang out with you, don't tell your friends I'm a pastor. They'll find out. But see, I don't do it for this reason because the second I tell them, then they, 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 they'll stop cussing or then they, they, they act better or, or they... They don't say certain jokes or whatever it is. And listen, I don't want man to be better because they want to impress me. I want man to understand their sinfulness because, because Jesus, if they know their sin, then they know Jesus can forgive them of their sin. John, uh, the text we're in, verse 19, says this, For through the law I died to the law. So here's what that means. The, through the law I died to it. Because I read the law and I knew that these things were wrong and I knew that I couldn't do them and because I knew that I couldn't do them, it killed me. It slayed me. That's verse 19, you know? And then verse 20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. Let me ask you a question. It doesn't take you too long. I mean, you only got to go to the Easter service like maybe two times in your whole life to know this, Okay? But who was crucified with, with, with Jesus? I, I got little ears. I can't hear you guys. Two, two sinners, two thieves. Was one of them Paul? What is he saying in verse 20? I have been crucified with Christ. Let me tell you, he is not boasting in the things that he does. So like what we do is we say, oh man, I'm a good person. I go to church on Sundays. I tithe. I help my neighbor. And, and really when I help my neighbor, it's really because their grass is too long and I wish they'd cut it. So I did it for them. So really it wasn't about them. It was about me. But hey, I still did it. 
you know. And then we talk about like, oh, and then I, 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 uh, I, I read at the nursing home because I'm really awesome. And I bought this other person lunch when really I didn't really want to buy them lunch. I wanted to go out for lunch, but I didn't want to go by myself. So I paid for them to go. And that's the sinfulness of man. That's who we are. We do stuff because it benefits us. But with the list of all these good things, Paul doesn't say that. Paul doesn't, this isn't talking about his works in this text. He says he's actually boasting about what Christ has done and he gets to take a claim in that. And he says, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. So here you have it. You have Paul, who I already told you from the beginning, grew up in the church, knew all the rules, walked around being perfect. If you read other parts of the text, it tells us how Paul, Paul, like excelled in being good. He excelled in the law. He was the one who was like, man, that's, 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 that's the promised child. That kid's so good, okay? And here he is, and he says, I now live by faith. Notice that. The one who was good and who did a great job of keeping the law, he doesn't say, I now live by keeping the law, does he? What is he boasting? I'm asking Jesus, I'm boasting in Christ's crucifixion. Because when Christ goes to the cross, he takes our sin. And what we get when he is resurrected from the dead is we get his holiness. He gets his, perfect, his perfection. We get, we get his, uh, his victory. And he, and he knows this because as good as he thinks he was, there's a saying almost like this, you know, like, even when that guy said to me, like, like, you know, if, if you were to stand before God, would you go to heaven or hell? And, and in my head, I kind of thought, well, I guess I'd go to heaven, and why? And I, the, the whole excuse or justification for, like, I was a good person, you know what it was? I had friends who were worse. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I tell my wife this all the time, you're lucky to have me. Look at that guy. He's a horrible husband. No, I don't do that. But it works in reverse as well. You know, it's like, 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 as good as you think you might be or could be, someone can be better. You, you can't just keep doing better. You can't. Greatest golfer who ever lived is Tiger Woods. Don't even try and debate me on that. Tiger Woods could go out and he could play the most phenomenal round ever. People would be in awe of him. And he'd walk back, you know what he'd say? I could have got that one more putt. There was always one more thing we could have done. But this time, guys, when Jesus Christ goes to the cross, there's no more you can do. It has been done for you. Everything has been done for you through the work of Jesus Christ. And this is what he says as he closes, as we look at verse 21, he says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And listen to what he's saying. He's saying, I do not, I will not set aside the grace of God. There is no other way. And that's what happens sometimes. And we need to fight against that. We need to do everything in our manner we can to not do that, to not make Jesus Christ be about anything else but Jesus Christ. It is about Jesus Christ alone. Alone. 
Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the ways that you work. Well, I just pray right now, Lord, for the, for the conviction of sin, Lord. If we've been living a life that is like a Jesus plus something life, Lord, convict us. Lord, help us to, to not be or think that we're good, but Lord, help us to know that we are forgiven. We are forgiven people, Lord. Our sin, our shame, our guilt has been tossed aside. And Lord, you have given us, you have gifted to us your grace. In your name we pray. Amen.